I'm Brett Coleman, and you're listening to the Sounds of the Loom podcast. finds you. Welcome to the Sound of the Loons podcast. I'm your host, Steve McPherson, and joining me via telecommunication is the one, the only, Callum Williams. Cal, to paraphrase Alexander Graham Bell in the very first phone call to his assistant, Thomas Watson, Mr. Williams, come here. I want to see you. Uh, I know you can't come here. You're on the phone. This is exciting. This is our first podcast on the phone. But tell me, tell me all about Scenic Tucson, and I mean... I really want to feel like I'm there because this last week has been utterly ridiculous in the Twin Cities from snow to colder than Mars temperatures to spring warm up to sheets of glare ice and now back to snow. So put me in the the warmth of of Arizona. I will try my best to make you feel like you're sitting next to me on the balcony of the hotel room at the Westin Resort in quite frankly, what is the middle of Tucson, Arizona. I'm looking out now, and I can see a couple of different pools. Uh, one is uh, a shallower pool for the for the kids, I would assume, and the others are very, very enticing right now. Um, in fact, I, I might see one or two of our players in there just relaxing, taking the chance to, to do that. As I peer over to my left, I can see what I can only describe as beautifully gargantuan mountains. There's a sprinkling of clouds above them the blue skies are beaming there's greenery as far as the eye can see and a lot of cactuses asking me where i'm from so it's um it, it's very picturesque here no doubt about it um temperatures are around about mid to low 50s so not baking hot not not completely um leathered in, in luxury here but um you know it's 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 been a really really good place for the players to come and, and you know they've been doing two a days for a long time now um, so I think it's it's a good place to come and relax afterwards as I say I, I can see one or two of our players at the moment just sitting poolside just taking the chance to, to relax because let me tell you the coaching staff here have really really worked them hard over the last week or two yeah, that was something that Adrian brought up, I think, after the last game, um, the, the 0-0 draw, was that he's, I, believe, I believe he said they looked a little leggy, and that, that yes. was uh, to be expected after doing two-a-days. And so I think sometimes maybe we get, I mean, we'll talk about the, the preseason games so far, but sometimes we, you know, again, it's sort of like the regular season. We see, when we see a game, we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. That's That's the couple hours a week that the players get out there and we get to see what they're doing. They're spending much more time on the training pitch, working there, and that's what they're doing uh, in Tucson, obviously. So, how is the? We'll talk about the, the games in a little bit, but how is you've been out to training uh, and and checked out uh, how it's going? It seems like I've seen some clips online. Seems like they're having some fun with two touch, mm-hmm. with playing uh, some soccer tennis. So, uh, how how have the how have the training's been going from your point of view? Well, I've been here now since Thursday. Um, we got in Thursday evening, and I've been to a handful of training sessions now. Um, and it seems as though that the mood in the camp is um, is very, very concentrated at the moment, Steve. It feels like everybody is is about as focused as they can be because they know how much of a, a big campaign this is for Minnesota United. 
Um, the likes of, of Brent Coleman, um, I, I don't think I've ever seen him as focused as he is right now. Uh, Ethan Finley played in a little scrimmage, um, a little uh, internal scrimmage between the sets of players um, the other day, and he ran his socks off and was screaming at people to get back in position. And, you know, the, the, there was a, a real sense of this is now our time where we have to deliver and we have to get everything right this year. And, um, you know, Ozzy Alonso as well, obviously a, a newcomer to the group again, very much um, putting his stamp on, on, on the squad here and, um, you know, very much uh, making himself the aggressor, I think, in, in midfield, shall we say, and, and not, not shy of, of pulling out of a challenge and whatnot. There's been a couple of meaty challenges and, you know, there's no messing around, which is which is good for Minnesota United. Um, you know, it's it's obviously a time for a lot of people to, to impress the coaching staff. Um, we've got a, a vague idea of what the lineup will look like moving forwards. But what I will say is I think there are several spots up for grabs here for Minnesota United. And obviously, that's why the majority of players are down here, to grab those last remaining spots. Yeah, I was going to say, that's one of the things that uh, Adrian has talked about for the last two years, is that trying to sort of foster competition for spots. And, and then, you know, there's obviously um, probably people you would imagine would be in certain in certain spots. Um, we talked about it on the podcast before, but... Um, it seem are you seeing the evidence of that that drive to compete for those spots? You know, I know that you know we've talked before about what are the winger spots going to be like, and so you mentioned Ethan uh, going out there and going hard. Brent, obviously, um, you know, there, there's competition at the center back spots now and things mm-hmm. like that. So, um, I, I mean, are you seeing the evidence of that 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 level up in the training because of those comp- that competition for spots? Yeah, absolutely. The, the two names that you mentioned there, Ethan Finley and Brent Coleman, have certainly stepped their game up. Not that they weren't in the past, but they've certainly upped their level of competition, no doubt. The other one that I will uh, that I will mention as well, Steve, is Colin Martin as well. Um, I thought Colin Martin was, was perhaps the most aggressive I've ever seen him against Phoenix Rising the other day. And in training, he's been very impressive as well. He's been on a couple of set-piece duties as well and, and delivered some lovely set-pieces in. And, you know, so, I mean, look, as you, as you quite rightly said, how many times has Adrian said that competition makes everything in your roster? And now Minnesota United have competition. It's only going to raise the level of play. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk a little bit about that game against Phoenix Rising. I think we maybe we got a little spoiled with that first game and and nine two and, and a hat trick and a couple, mm. couple braces there. Obviously that was a zero zero game uh, against Phoenix, but um, you know and and we're getting the chance to now that we're getting some games streamed and, and we'll have another game streamed on Wednesday, uh, which is tomorrow. We're recording on Tuesday. Um, you know, you're seeing an entire lineup switch from the first half to the second half. You're getting to see a lot of guys out there. In terms of game form, like, is there anybody, any, especially any of the trialists? I think these are guys who come in and, uh, you know, I think for the diehard fans, you might read about them or hear about them as people are reporting. But, you know, we don't get to know that much about them. But we saw Jiro, Jiro, Hero, Jiro, I don't know which one. Uh Jiro Toyama. Jiro Toyama, score a hat-trick. Yes. So, um, any impressions from trialists or any other guys who stood out, just in terms of playing, actually, in the games? Well, before I go to the trialists, Steve, what I will say about the draft picks is that they've been really, really impressive. Um, Chase Gasper has been really, really good. I, I thought he was really good against Phoenix Rising. Um, you know, let's 
not forget that was his first real competition against a, a proper organised professional outfit. And I say that with all due respect to FC Tucson, you know, they're only just turning pro this year. Sure. And the majority of the, the, the players there were trialists and, and players looking for contracts. Whereas with Phoenix Rising, you know, no, no doubt they had a handful of players looking for a contract as well, but they're a much more organised outfit. The group has been together much longer. So that was Chase Gasper's first real test. And I thought he was fabulous. I really, really did. Um, you know, the, some of the, the players that, um, that that have been on trial as well have um, have really upped the competition as well, which, which is obviously a good thing. Um, I think uh, Jamil Neptune, who's a left-back, who was capped by Trinidad and Tobago uh, in April of last year, I think he impressed against Phoenix Rising when he came on in the second half as well. There was one ball that I remember when he whipped in from the left-hand side and, and he found Mason Toy at the back post and unfortunately Toy headed the ball wide. So he, he's got the thumbs up so far. Um, there's also the, the Cameroonian midfielder slash defender as well, Brian Anunga, um, who I think could be an interesting one actually because he, he's got just over 60 appearances to his name at Charleston Battery over the last two years in USL. Now, I, I'm not... Um, I'm not saying I know this. This is me purely speculating, Steve. Um, it would not surprise me if some of these players ended up going down to forward Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hassani Dotson is another one who who is, I think, proven to be a little more versatile than I think the coaching staff realised. You know, he was drafted as a centre midfielder, has played that, um, but has also played at right back as well because he's able to do that because of his high energy. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitchell Osmond as well, the boy from Sydney in Australia. Um, you know, he was drafted as, as 94th, you know, and, and usually at that sort of time, you kind of think, well, you know, it's more or less just a body at that point, and I said that with all due respect. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I get the feeling that, that players like this may very well end up down, um, or across rather, in um, uh, over in, in Madison. Um, Daryl Shaw, the head coach of Ford Madison, was here for a few days as well, assessing mm-hmm. a few uh, players as well. So, um that, that's that's been on the mindset uh, of, of a lot of these players as well, that, you know, forward Madison is obviously an option for, for several of them. And I think if they carry on playing like they have done, they may very well find themselves in USL League One next season. Yeah, well, the forward Madison option is 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 nice for the club, and you know, I've talked to Adrian a bit about it, and, and, and we've talked about it before, but that, you know, the Outside of the first team, you know, we were dealing with a, a you know a, a pro team. There's all these different levels that players can be at. There's people who are who are trialists. There's guys who are on loan. It, Ford Madison definitely gives that option of you know a lot of times guys get caught in this position where it's like, well, we can't retain him for the first team, but we don't want to let him go, but we don't really mm-hmm. have a choice. And and Ford Madison gives that that option where you can sort of keep an eye on the guy and and see how he develops and how it works in Ford Madison. And it's an option for for depth, you know, as as, as the season goes forward. Um, let's talk a little bit about Houston. This is the game coming up. We're playing first MLS team uh, for the preseason, Houston Dynamo on Wednesday. Uh, you went to their, their practice, is that correct? I was in and around it, yeah. Okay. I didn't quite get to watch as much as I wanted to, but I have a connection there. Uh, one of the assistant coaches, Dave Viano, I know during his playing days at Kansas City, so I did. I got to to watch a little bit today, Steve. Okay. And, uh, and impressions of, of, of Houston, how those boys are looking? Yeah, they look good. I mean, obviously, they, they're going to be, I think, a little more in shape than Minnesota because they started a week earlier, to my knowledge. And also, they have to go down to Guatemala um, almost as soon as they finish here for the Champions League. So they're, they're going to be playing competitive games in, in um, mid to, to late February. So they'll be starting a, a few weeks before several in Major League Soccer. So, as I said, I think they'll be um, a little more in shape than Minnesota. 
Um, Marouane Olkas has impressed again, uh, as we all uh, would expect. Um, how they've kept hold of Albert Elise, uh, I think, um, you know, could, could be the biggest part of their off-season, to be honest, because I'll be honest, Steve, I had heard whispers all over the world, people saying they liked him. There was teams in Mexico, there was teams in Turkey. Uh, I believe a team in China was interested. Uh, and, and using uh, my connections, I, I had found out there was one or two teams in England that were sniffing around as well. So the fact that they kept hold of him, I think, is a big, big plus for them. Obviously, the combination of, of him and Kyoto behind Manotas last season was arguably one of the best front lines in Major League Soccer. So they look good, Steve. They look fit already. And I think it'll be a really tough task and a good task to have at this stage of preseason for Minnesota United. Yeah. And the, I mean, I'm sure Houston this season is going to, that's always been a really tough place to play. Like it is hot and yeah. tough to go down there and play against Houston Dynamo. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that front line is, is going to be, is always going to be a, a struggle for any team. So um, we'll, we'll get to some other movement stuff. Uh, I want to talk about somebody who's not moving, which is uh, Eric Miller, who we've, uh, mm. uh, and Minnesota United has officially re-signed now. Um, what do you feel like bringing back Eric for another season means for the team? Well, like we said earlier on, Steve, depth is so important throughout the, the course of the MLS season. And, you know, Eric Miller they did well last year coming in. in uh, you know, I, I would argue they were precarious circumstances. He didn't get a game at Colorado Rapids. So for whatever reason it was, it didn't work out under Anthony Hudson. Um, you know, and, and this was what? I think it was about eight or nine games into the season. So to ask a professional to then readapt, you know, and um, reassess, just re- reassess yourself, really, and figure out a new system, it, it's very difficult, you know. And, and let's not forget, Eric Miller played 18 times um, coming into Minnesota United last season. So he, he was a firm part of the fixture, shall we say. But I think now, obviously, with Roman Martinez coming in, um, you know, I, I think Carter Manley has looked good as well in preseason as well. He's, he's come back in really good shape. Uh, as I mentioned, Hassani Dalton has been playing at right back as well. Chase Gasper has done well at left back. Francisco Calvo was very impressive today at left back as well. So it, it's another piece to the puzzle here, Steve. And I think having someone like Eric Miller, who let's not forget can play both sides as well, I think it's a good piece to have for Minnesota. Yeah, I think that the the depth thing is obviously big, and that the I think if you look back um, over over that uh, position, that uh, the the fullback position for Minnesota United, we've sort of struggled over the first two seasons to find consistency a lot of times there, and then also once players have once we've had injuries or things like that, it's been uh, the the backups have been have been hard to come by. So the idea of you know sort of going in with, with Metzenier and, and Calvo likely as the sort of incumbents mm-hmm. in that spot. But with Eric Miller as a very solid backup at either position and knowing that both those guys, Calvo and Metzenier, are both national team players, so there will be absences to deal with. I think Met- Metzenier yeah, I think so. is particularly, he's, he's going to be, it looks like he'll probably be away on international duty for Madagascar during a stretch where yes. we have like five games or something like that. So, yeah, um, he'll be at the African Cup of Nations, yes, correct. Yeah, so that 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 depth is going to be really impressive, and and Eric uh, Eric Miller's just I, I cannot stress enough one of the most solid dudes. You know, like as soon as he came into the team last year, uh, he you know he would he would talk to media, uh, he would do events. Uh, he, his family is from the Twin Cities, and and um, you know I think that. I mean, I think that sometimes, you know, we, we can get caught up on, on, on where a guy is from or what it means to be from one place or, or, or another place and, and what it means to have a hometown guy. But there is something about just 
having people who feel like they have a part of the culture of where the team is, um, that, that ties the team together for anybody who comes into the team new. I mean, I think that in ways we've seen that Ethan and Brent and, and Eric sort of have that, like we're, we're the dudes who sort of grew up in this, in the Midwest, in this area. And I think that's a, I think that's, it can be an underrated element of team building. It, it, it can be. The, the other thing I will say, though, Steve, as well, is, is I think there was consistency at fullback for Minnesota in 2017 through Jérôme Tissant. Sure. But uh, yeah. apart, apart from that, I would agree with you that it, it has been an area where Minnesota United haven't really got it properly right. And, you know, look, Jérôme Tissant was fabulous for this team, but I just don't think he, in the end, was was exactly what they were looking for. You know, I, I think um, if Jérôme Tissant had, uh, you know, any sort of pace, then I think, um, you know, he, he would still be a Minnesota United player. And, and that's not a knock on, on Jerome, that's just his game. So I think moving forward, though, there's, there's real signs of positivity as well. You know, uh, moving further up the field, I, I think the combination of Ozzy Alonso and Jan Gregush have really worked well together. They've obviously only had two 45-minute periods to play alongside each other. But I spoke to Jan Gregush uh, on MNUFC.com uh, the other day, and, and he said he's really enjoying it. Obviously, Alonso is, is telling him a few different things because he's had, you know, upwards of, of 10 years in this league, and, and he knows this league so well. He's won the league. He's won countless amounts of, of Open Cups. And Jan Gregor comes from a very different background, a European background, you know. Um, so I, I think the combination is, is going to work really well. Gregor's his uh, set pieces, Steve, have been fabulous. You know, I think um, a lot of people instantly thought because of his size, he would be the perfect person to aim for in the box. And I would agree, but his delivery is so good, I don't think he's going to be the, the one that people are aiming for. I think he's going to be the player delivering the, the set pieces. So, sure. um, But as I mentioned earlier on, you know, Colin Martin has also had a really good go at that over the last couple of days and impressed as well. So it's all good, Steve. It's all thumbs up at the moment for Minnesota. Yeah, that's excellent. Uh, let, let's let's go around the league a little bit. Some some news: at NYCFC signing Alexandru Mitrita for transfer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to defer to your pronunciation of that, but um, <laughs> for a transfer fee of 8.5 million dollars, which is which is which is a good amount. Um, are you are you familiar with uh, with his body of work at all? Uh, sort of. Um, Mitrita is. Um, I, I think so. He's he's played his club football. He's he's played as the higher. Uh, attacking player in in um, it looked like a four three three from what I've seen, but actually I think what's going to happen when he comes to New York City, Steve, is he's actually going to drop a little bit and he's going to be playing uh, alongside the likes of Maxi Morales. Um, you know, and look, I mean, I don't know what Dominic Torrent's going to do with NYCFC, whether he's going to change things up a little bit, um, but I, I think he may drop him back because the, there are still whispers um, that NYCFC are, are looking to add a centre forward as well. So. Um, you know, whilst I, I think this chap will, will do well and, and he'll add something extra to them, um, you know, I still think that they, they're looking for a proper number nine. So we'll wait and see. Um, I mean, look, Dominic Torren may very well ask him to play that number nine role. Um, but, I mean, look, we've seen stranger things, haven't we? So we'll wait and see. But it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money to pay for someone who who hasn't really played in, in the at the top end of European football, you know. Um, that That's my, my only concern. But, hey, look, I mean, we, we've seen plenty of players come out of leagues like this before and, and dominate all around the world. So, and look, Dominic Torren knows world football. He's obviously, uh, his resume um, speaks for itself. So, we'll wait and see. But, but I thought it was an interesting one that the price tag is obviously going to be the headline for the time being. And 
let's hope for his sake he can quickly shift that. Yeah, well, things are a little different for you know NYCFC from from some of the other teams. I noticed in the the, the article I was reading about him signing that the team is uh, training in Abu Dhabi right now, so uh, yes. it's, it's a little it's a little different than than some other teams. Uh, but you know, obviously, whether it's Matrida or somebody else they're bringing in, they're gonna they're gonna be trying to compensate for the loss of, of David Villa, uh, which is huge in the off season. Which I wanted to talk a little bit yeah. about. You know, the, the players who have left MLS. Um, you know, obviously, one of my favorite perspectives is the fantasy uh, perspective, since uh, uh, since starting playing MLS Fantasy last year, I, I, I had a lot of success, which was exciting. Um, Jimmy mm-hmm. Watson can tell you about that. Um, but, uh, you know, the, MLS is a league now. We've seen the exits of, of David Villa, Giovinco, Tyler Adams, Alfonso Davies, Victor Vasquez, uh, Almarone. A lot of guys who were like mainstays, uh, at least from that perspective of these guys were productive and they were sort of the headlining guys and the guys you wanted to get on a thing like a fantasy team, which obviously, you know, fantasy is a side bet. But these are major players who are, who are some of the best players in the league. Um, like, what do you think that that made room in the league for guys like maybe I mean, like Darwin to be one of those top those top five, top ten. I mean, he's probably top five, not top better than top 10, but who do you, who do you see as being the guys in the league to step up and be those very, very good players this season? Well, well, Darwin straight away comes to mind, but there's no doubt about it. That's one thing I would encourage Minnesota United fans to, to really get excited about. Let's not forget, this will be Quintero's first full season in Major League Soccer. So, uh, and I think he's going to have the, the pieces around him this year to make him even better as well. You and I spoke, Steve, about you know, how he didn't perhaps have as much protection as he needed last season. And I think now, because of the additions of Alonso and Gregish, that may very well change. Um, in terms of the players going out, I mean, I'll be honest, Steve, if this was a couple of years ago, I'd be slightly worried. Um, you know, the MLS was, was losing all of these players. But now, because we've seen all around the league, the commitment to spend, if it makes sense, any, any team will do it now. They'll go and spend, you know, we just spoke about NYCFC spending $8.5 million. Um, I, I, I'm not really too concerned now because I think what's going to happen is the league will reinvest. Teams will go and, and, and look and reinvest. And I mean, I'll be honest, Steve, I was desperately disappointed when I heard about the Sebastian Jovinko transfer um, when he was going out to, to Al-Hilal in Saudi Arabia. You know, um, I thought that was really disappointing. He, for me, was um, was perhaps the best player that's ever played in Major League Soccer. Um, was certainly one of the most successful anyway. And, um, you know, I was really concerned. I thought, ah, that's, that's such a shame. But, you know, the more you read into it, the more you, you talk to people around the league, you know, it, it was the right thing. You know, he obviously um, was on a heck of a lot of money. TFC didn't want to pay him that again. Um, so you understand why why he was let go. It's $7 million now off the off the wage books, and they can go and reinvest that. And, and again, from what I'm hearing, I think there might have even been something on, on a newspaper or, or online somewhere that, um, you know, TFC are, are looking to reinvest that in a number 10. It's someone that is going to pull the strings and, um, you know, create things for the likes of Josie Altador and, and their new centre forward who they signed today, Terence Boyd. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as, as I said, Steve, uh, I really would have been worried a couple of years ago with the amount of signings that have gone out of the league. But I think now, because there is so much money in this league, I, I really am uh, I'm not concerned. I, I think most of these teams will, will reinvest, no problem. Yeah, and I'm I'm you know I'm just excited to see who who steps up. Which again, it's like you've got the likes of of uh, Ibrahimovic and 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 Rooney, you know, who's going to have a full season now, and um and and those guys are obviously going to be uh, are going to do well for as long as health is 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 not an issue. Joseph Martinez is still here. Uh, sorry, yep. yes, um, but um, like I'm excited for 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 pity. 
uh, which is yep. I'm going to be excited at least until we have to play him. So. Um, <laughs> Look, Pitti uh, Martinez, Steve. It's um, for, for me that that's that's the uh, that's one of the game changers this year, no doubt. Um, you know, let, let, let's just repeat this sentence, shall we? You know, a Copa Libertadores winner, a star. He scored in the final in the second leg as well. He was touted by all sorts of teams in Europe, big teams as well, not not just random teams, big teams. Uh, they were looking at him for, for many, many years from what I was told. This guy is coming to Major League Soccer. But that sentence alone is eyebrow-raising. But the fact that he's going to a team that are now just three years old in a team like Atlanta United, it, it's it's astonishing, Steve. It really, really is. And, and look, I mean, I know Atlanta United have never been shy of spending a penny or two, have they? But, mm-hmm. you know, every team have got their own way of doing things. And if this is the way Atlanta United wants to go about it, then, then good luck to them. You know, I mean, they've made a huge profit by selling Almiron to Newcastle. I think Almiron will, will do well at Newcastle. He'll connect up well with Solomon Rondon and, and, and do well. Um, but Vicky Martinez is one of, if not the perfect replacement for someone like Miguel Almiron coming into Major League Soccer. So I'm excited for them. Um, again, they're going to be the team to beat, aren't they, this year? No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, it's, it, it, you know, there's always that chance that, I, I, I mean, obviously they've lined things up to be successful. You know, they, they, you know, with Tata leaving, they went out and they, they got another world-class coach uh, with, with Almiron on, on the way out the door. They got another world-class, uh, you know, attacking uh, midfielder. Um, but, you know, who knows how these things happen. Sometimes things don't click. Sometimes I think we think that it's just about spending a bunch of money and getting the most talented guys and putting them on the field and seeing what happens. So, you know, it doesn't it doesn't always work that way. Uh, I, I, I believe Atlanta United has sort of earned at least a certain amount of capital to uh, give it another shot. And that this is, uh, we said it before, this is really their model. Their model is not, you know, build from the ground up something that sustains uh, through having the same set of people there year after year. They're going to get get people, uh, it, it may raise their profile, and then move them on, and then get another guy to come in behind them. So this is sort of, you know, this will be, it's interesting because obviously there's a target on the back, they're the reigning champions, but um, this is also the first test of that fact that they're moving on from, you know, their first very successful coach, and, and probably, you know, for a lot of people, I think that the, the sort of shadow MVP of the league in Almiron. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, for me now, Steve, I think um, that the, what's interesting is the way that MLS are doing things now. Um, the, the Dutch Eredivisie used to do this all the time, and, and now not so much, because players players are still going there, but they're not flocking to, to the Dutch Eredivisie as they once did. And um, I think part of that is because MLS has, has taken a lot of those players on themselves, but also there's, there's other leagues around the world that are also um, also playing their part. Also, just whilst uh, whilst I can see this in front of me as well, Minnesota United fans will be delighted to know I can see Kevin Molino in the pool right now, just working out with one of our trainers. That's good. Um, testing out his knee, and, and he looks good. I spoke to him briefly uh, the other day, and, and obviously he had a little, little bit of a setback uh, during uh, during January. But he said to me, he, uh, "He's okay. He's um, you know he's obviously desperately disappointed, but he's uh, he's feeling good. And uh, right now he's just going through a couple of uh, sprints in the pool and really working the knees. So uh, hopefully he'll be back as soon as possible. Excellent, excellent. Um, let's. Uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on is the kit reveal, which is coming up uh, at mm. the, the Mall of America Rotunda on Sunday, the Sunday, February tenth at two p.m. 
Um, a couple notes: the uh, the kit will be for sale for the first time. The new kit. I'm not going to talk too much about what it looks like or anything. Uh, this the stadium jacket, the Allianz Field jacket, is also going to be for sale at the reveal, which is a very nice jacket. I can assure you. Uh, the, uh, the team is going to be there. Uh, new players, returning players. Uh, you have to hear from some of them. Uh, Bullseye, the dog from Target, is going to be there, which is obviously very exciting. Although I've been told that we cannot pet him. Um, Sadly, despite my desire to snuggle with a dog, so. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, he's a celebrity. I understand they they, they need their space. So um, it was a fantastic event last year. I mean, it was it was jam packed and it was super fun. You were there. You were there on stage. So uh, what are you looking forward to at this event? Yeah, just looking forward to seeing everybody again. You know, I know the the off season. A lot of people always say in, in soccer that it's not very long and, it, and it's not compared to a lot of other sports. But for us, it really is, isn't it? You know, it's. It feels like, um, you know, October, November time was years ago. It really, really does, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited. I believe you can find all the information on, on the Jersey launch uh, on the, the new Minnesota United app as well. So go and check that out. That's really, really cool. Um, but I, I'm excited to see everybody, you know. I can't wait to see the fans. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's going to be uh, a desperately tedious time for them during the off-season as well because all they want to do is watch live soccer and, well, they can't do the off-season. So, um, you know, so it, it's going to be really good, Steve. Um, as I said, just looking forward to seeing everybody. I, I know the new players here that I've, I've spoken to are, are excited about it as well. Uh, Iko Para being the main one who, um, you know, is very, very excited to, to meet the new fans. So, um, yeah, it, it's a wonderful day, wonderful event. And, uh, you know, if you haven't uh, decided whether you're going yet or not, I would say go because, um, you know, this is a, a once-in-a-year thing. So um, it's a chance to go and, uh, and talk uh, talk soccer with, uh, with thousands of your best friends. <laughs> Absolutely. It's super fun. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us for the 43rd Sound of the Loons podcast. Be sure to leave us a nice review on iTunes or at the very least a five-star rating and follow the team on Twitter at MNUFC. Also, new download the app it's great uh this this podcast will be on the app we're gonna, there's gonna be a lot of fun new features coming uh right now you know it's just sort of we just rolled it out there and there's there's only um you know you can follow you can check out stats as those things start to be uh, available and there'll be lots of information on allianz field but as we go on there'll be increasing things coming out on the app so go go to the app store or the android i don't know what the android store is called the google play store um I've been an iPhone guy forever, so uh, it's available for <laughs> iPhones and Android devices. Anyways, you can follow uh, Cal at CalWilliams.com, and you can follow me at Steve Venturis. And remember, there's only one person in this whole world like you, and people can like you exactly as you are.